Hey friend, welcome back to another episode of the Sew Up Podcast. I'm so excited to have a conversation with you today about sewing intentionally into our lives so that we may reap abundantly in the days, weeks, months, and even years to come. It is still hard to believe, and I barely can believe it, that it is already 2021. I feel like 2020 was a decade-long year, and I'm still having a hard time writing down the right date. I don't know about you, but for the next six months, I'm going to still put that the year is 2020 on any documentation. Anyways, I'm so excited about this first conversation of the year. As I was planning through the calendar of So What for the spring, I was really struggling with finding the right episode to kick off the year with. I don't know what it was. I I was really challenged. I have a lot of topics and things that I want to talk about. I have a lot of guests that are coming on in the next couple weeks and months. But today was really challenging for me. So I began to pray and I asked God that he would reveal to me that what it is I should share on today. And I'd love to tell you that it like immediately came to me. It didn't. It took a few days and eventually I felt this word come to my heart. And that word was compromise. And I was like, oh, compromise. I love that. Like I love talking about relationships, like sewing intentionally to our relationships so that we have healthy and whole relationships. And so we'll talk about compromise, how to compromise well. And then I felt this correction in my spirit that that wasn't the type of compromise I was supposed to share on today. When it comes to politics or counseling, marriages, relationships, raising children, or settling really any kind of dispute between people, whether they are friends or complete strangers, compromise can be a useful gift. Compromise says that neither party gets exactly what they want and both give up something in order to maintain harmony or the health of the relationship or to make sure that everybody gets somewhat what they deserve. But there is a destructive way that we can experience compromise. So that's kind of the positive way of compromise, but there is a negative type of compromise. Compromise can be tricky because it can offer what seems to be really good. But in exchange, compromise, it demands you to give up what is actually best for you. I'm going to say that one more time. Compromise, it can seem like you are getting something genuinely good as a result of it. But in exchange, it demands you to give up what is actually best for you. It's been said that compromise is like a self-inflicted wound, that it doesn't stop hurting or bleeding until you are empty, that until there's no more to be taken from your body. So with compromise, the positive and the negative, today we're going to be specifically talking about the negative kind of compromise, trading in what is best for you. Why do we compromise? Why do we make compromises in our life? And I really believe there's two reasons. The first being, I think we compromise in different areas of our lives, whether it's socially, spiritually, emotionally, in our relationships, or even financially in our business and our work, is because we want the approval of others. 
And the second reason why I would say why we compromise is we believe that it will prevent some kind of hurt or loss or it will create some sort of gain in our life that we won't have to miss out on anything if we compromise. And here's the deal. Compromise, getting something that we genuinely believe is good, but giving up what is best. Compromise begins with an acceptable level, but it can easily become contagious. And say that again, compromise begins with an acceptable level, but it quickly becomes contagious. It grows. It moves about. It doesn't stay stagnant. As a counselor and a pastor, I've never met someone who has an addiction or a dependence on a vice of some sort that started out of the gate with the addiction or the dependency. It's not like one day they're like, today I'm going to be addicted to shopping or I'm going to be addicted to this substance or I'm going to have a dependency on this relationship or I'm going to have a dependency on this mode of entertainment. It didn't begin that way. It began with a small choice. And here's the deal. It's usually with one small choice that then leads to the additional poor choices that then eventually leads to the addiction or the dependency on the vice. One small choice. Compromise. It begins with one small choice and then it eventually evolves. And not only does it evolve and become contagious, compromises, compromise ruins good judgment. Compromise ruins good judgment. You see, I don't know about you, but you see like little kids, they'll steal a cookie from the cookie jar. Now that's kind of cheesy. Or they'll do something that they were told not to do. And they somehow get away with it. So what do they do? They attempt to do it again. And if they get away with it again, then they're going to begin to trying out other areas of their lives where they can maybe tiptoe the line with. It begins to distort their judgment. Just like kids, we can get away with compromise one time in a specific area. So we subconsciously believe that we can do the same thing in another area. Truth becomes distorted. We begin to ruin our good judgment. And we begin to lose sight of what it is we're truly capable of because we're making compromises. And we lose sight of what is healthy. We lose good judgment. We ruin our good judgment. You might be saying, okay, I understand those things. I understand that it ruins good judgment. I understand that it is contagious and it evolves and it it grows and it doesn't say stagnant. How exactly do I determine what compromise is? And that's a great question. How do we determine what compromise is for our lives? And here's some questions that I want you to take into account. And I'm going to go through them kind of slowly because I want you to ask yourself this as you take an inventory on your life and the choices that you're making. Now, this can be applied again in many different areas. Compromise can happen in every area of our lives, socially, emotionally, relationally, spiritually, financially, in our work. Compromise can take place. 
And so what exactly is compromise? How do you determine if the choices that you're making are compromising what is actually best for you? So some questions that I'd first ask you is, what is it that you value? So do you value integrity? Do you value honesty? Do you value hard work? Do you value loyalty and trust? Do you value intimacy? What is it that you value? What truths do you hold on to? For me, that's the Bible. Scripture is the final authority in my life. So that is the truth I hold on to. What are the truths you hold on to? Are you making choices that would invalidate your values? So are the choices that you're making, does it show proof of what it is that you value? Another question, are you making choices that would call your beliefs into question? So now let's just say you said, I hate soda. I, it's just disgusting. It's terrible for you. And I can't stand the taste of it. And then you, you were to tell me that. And then a few days later, I see you at Panera Bread drinking soda. I would think, hmm, that contradicts what they shared with me earlier. Like that just doesn't make any sense. So ask yourself, what are things that I say I believe? And does it call those things into question? Does it contradict the things that I believe? And then another way to ask that is, are you making choices that contradict what is you hold on to as healthy and or biblical? So when you look at the choices of your life, and if you're trying to determine if you're compromising in any area of your life, ask yourself, what is it that I value? And am I making choices that invalidate my values? What is it that I hold on to as truth? Am I making choices that call my truth, my beliefs into question? Am I making choices that contradict what it is I hold on to as healthy and or biblical? And if you can answer yes as you're making a choice to any of these questions, that's compromise. Does this decision to participate in this specific event or to participate in this kind of relationship or to hold on to different kinds of substances or uh, believe certain things or listen to certain things or watch certain things or um, not tell the complete truth on a document maybe for work. Do those things call into question my values and my beliefs and the things that I hold on to as truth? And does it take away what is healthy and or biblical? And if the answer is yes, that's compromise. That's compromise. And what is compromise? Compromise is taking something that you believe is good for you, but instead you exchange what is actually the best for you. We've seen this a hundred times over. People who've had affairs and sexual moral failures, they thought that this new relationship, the one that was like hot and heavy and it was fun and they were having a blast with it, and they thought, you know what, this is good for me. I'm letting off steam. I'm enjoying the company of this person. But they were exchanging what was best for them. You know, you hear that they have this affair, they have this moral failure, and then once it all comes crashing down, 
What is it that you hear? Almost all of these people say, they say the same thing. I didn't realize what I had until it was gone. I didn't realize that I already had the best thing for me. Compromise. It's taking something that you believe is good for you, but in exchange, you're giving up what is best. So how do we overcome compromise? Three simple things that I believe can help you and I overcome any kind of compromise in our lives. And the first thing that I would say for overcoming compromise is create guardrails. Or another word for that is create boundaries. If you think about driving, we go out to Colorado quite a bit because my sister lives there. And we'll go to some of these mountain ski towns and When you come up some of these mountains, it's like super freaky. You're like white knuckled driving the whole way. But anyway, you come up these mountains and if you look over the side, it's like a huge drop between the road that you're driving on and the bottom of the mountain. And instead of you just it just being the side of the mountain, what do they have? They have guardrails up. And the thing is, is that we hope that we don't compromise in our lives, but we don't put up any kind of boundaries or guardrails. Like we see the bottom of the mountain, we're like, we don't want to be down there. We don't want to fall. We don't want to make any fatal mistakes, but we don't set up any guardrails to protect us from ever making those mistakes. An example of this would be Andrew and I dating. So we dated three and a half years before we got married, and that was challenging, especially being in college. Um, Not that dating was challenging. It was a blast, and it was fun, and it still is fun because we still date. However, the, the sexual boundaries, we loved each other. We desired each other. However, we had boundaries and guardrails that only by the grace of God, we didn't have to make any compromises in that, and then on our wedding night, We got to have sex with each other for the very first time. And again, that took a lot of work and intentionality. And we didn't always get it right, but I'm so thankful by the grace of God that we were able to wait. And the big thing of that was we didn't have to compromise because we had boundaries and guardrails. So maybe a compromise that you've been making in your life is excessive spending and you want that to change. What kind of boundaries will you put on your debit card or on your online shopping accounts? Or maybe it isn't a dating relationship. What kind of boundaries do you need? Or maybe it's on your TV or on your phone. What are some boundaries that you can set up in order to make sure that you don't compromise? And the thing is with boundaries and guardrails, this is a proactive approach to compromise, not a reactive approach. This is your way of saying, you know what, I am going to get ahead of this and instead of reacting when it comes, I'm going to be ready before it ever comes. Create guardrails and boundaries. The second thing for overcoming compromise, I would say, is have a prepared speech. Have a prepared speech. You see, I have a 10-month-old named Archie and Anytime he's about to do something, he's like in this explore phase of his life. And so he's doing a lot of exploring with things that aren't good for him or safe for him. And so Andrew and I, we've began to use this word owie because we don't want to like tell him no to everything. We don't want that to be like his first full word. Um, so we're like, we're trying to teach him something that it's not necessarily no, but it could hurt him. Owie. 
And so whenever he's about to do something that is potentially dangerous for him, we say, owie. And what's so cool is he has learned to stop doing whatever it is that he's doing when mom or dad say, owie. You think about the police or someone in authority. If they say stop or stop in the name of the law, what do you do? You stop because you're about to potentially do something dangerous to yourself or to somebody else. There is a prepared speech, a prepared conversation to let you know what you're about to do is dangerous. Road signs, hey, 150 feet ahead, the lane ends. There's something prepared for you to know. There is potential danger ahead, and this is what you need to do to be safe. And so in the same way, have a prepared speech. And this could be a simple phrase that you hold on to when you're treading on potentially dangerous ground. So for me, one thing when I see that there's potential for um, compromise in my life, one thing that I have held on to through college really is when the Lord revealed this to me is this speech of refuse the common. Refuse the common. Refuse what is easy. I was made for more than this. Another speech that you could say is, and this is directly from scripture, I am a new creation. The old has passed and the new has come. Another speech you could say is, I am worth more than this decision. I can do better than this. And I'm stealing this from, uh, I believe Justin Bieber was the original, but the his tattoo, Better at 70. That's one thing that Andrew and I, when we want to compromise with like finances and we want to do some kind of splurging, we tell ourselves, look at the long view. We want to be better at 70. So we're going to put aside the splurging, the compromising, because we know what our goals are financially. Have a prepared self-speech, your own Owie, something whenever you feel like you're going to make a decision or you can sense that you're on potentially dangerous ground, something that you can say to reorient your thinking and to get you thinking, okay, how do I move away from this? And how do I see that I am more than this compromise? I'm worth more than it. So uh, create guardrails and boundaries, have prepared self or have a prepared speech. And then last but not least, which I believe is the most important, is ask Jesus for help. Ask Jesus for help. Matthew 7, 8 through 10, a few of my favorite verses. It says, for everyone who asks, and this is Jesus talking here. He says, for everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. If you evil people know how to give good gifts, how much more does your Father in heaven? Jesus here is inviting all of us to ask. He loves us. He is for us. We have a Savior and a King who delights in our growth and our success. He is not a greedy or an angry king. Instead, he is gracious and humble and available for us to speak to at all times and to ask for whatever we may need. So I want to challenge you to ask him, Jesus, would you help me every day to be on guard for any compromise in my life? And would you give me the strength? Would you help me to have the self-control? Would you develop in me the self-control and the understanding that what may seem good isn't what's best? 
Would you help me to overcome compromise in my life? Ask Jesus for help. He delights in our growth and our success. And he's not sitting up in heaven hoping that you fail. Instead, he wants you to succeed. He wants you to walk in health. He wants you to have the best. So it is his delight to answer you, to give you the help that you need. How do we overcome compromise? Create guardrails. Have a prepared speech and ask Jesus for help. Ask Jesus for help. Compromise. Again, it can happen emotionally, socially, relationally, spiritually, financially, or in a work situation. It may seem like you're getting something good, but really you're exchanging what is best. And how do you know what compromise is? Does it invalidate your values? Does that choice call into question your beliefs? Does that choice contradict what it is you hold on to as healthy and or biblical? And if the answer is yes, that's compromise. And compromise is exchanging what it what what is best for what seems good in the moment. I can think back to college, there was a friendship that I had that I really sensed that I needed to move away from, that this individual was causing compromise in my life. And I really struggled because I enjoyed hanging out with this person. And I'll never forget, I was sitting in chapel one day and my best friend Janelle was sitting beside me and I said, Janelle, I really feel like I'm supposed to move away from this friendship. And she really challenged me. She said, if you feel like that this is compromise for you, run. I said, okay. And so I prayed. I asked the Lord for his help. I told this individual I was pretty straight because they were making really bad decisions. Why it was that I wasn't going to be in close contact with them anymore. They did not respond positively. I will be honest with you about that. But it was good to share that I wasn't just like leaving them like out of the blue. But I was just sharing, hey, this is why I'm moving away from you, from this friendship. And it kind of stunk at the time because this person had become a friend. And so I felt like I was giving up something good. But the Lord knew. The Lord knew what was best. A few months later, not too long later, this individual was caught with some serious substances on our college campus, which was not allowed. First of all, it was illegal overall in general, but second of all, on our college campus, it was super not allowed. And um, people who was in, who were in this person's close circle, they tried to place blame on them for why they had these things, which wasn't true. It was this individual's complete um, choices that they had made. And it was like the Holy Spirit immediately reminded me, saying, Anna, I'm so proud of you for trusting me and moving away from what seemed good because I had your best interest in mind. You didn't even have to deal with this drama or this stress, people calling in to question your character or your integrity because that friendship wasn't even in the realm of possibility for you. You moved away from the compromise when I called you to it. And man, I'm telling you, I'm so thankful. I'm so, so thankful. 
And I hope that in the days, weeks, months, and even years to come, you can look back on your life and be thankful and grateful that you held on to what was best for you by choosing not to compromise, but instead holding on to what is best, even when it's not easy, even when it's not popular, even when it's not, quote unquote, the most beneficial or doesn't provide immediate satisfaction. You will be proud of yourself for holding on to what is best by not invalidating your values by holding on to your beliefs and to really believe and hold to what is healthy and biblical for your life. Friend, I am always in your corner and I'm cheering you on. I believe in you. I can't wait to talk to you next week.